بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue discussion the discussion on riyad al-salihin under the chapter under the chapter of observance and we were discussing the hadith of jibril alayhi salam the famous hadith when jibril gabriel came to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and asked him the questions about what is islam what is what is what is iman what is islam what is ihsan and uh, we were discussing this uh, great hadith and uh, we reached the point when he uh, was telling him the answer concerning Islam is to testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is Allah's messenger and and that you establish the salah, the prayer <coughs> so we are still here this hadith is hadith <coughs> number 60 in Riyadh al-Salihin, volume 1. The second condition, we were talking about the conditions of Salah. The second condition is At-Tahara, purity. To be in a pure state, so as to perform the Salah. Because the Salah is not accepted without being in a pure state. The Prophet wasallam said, in the hadith reported by Bukhari and Muslim, لا تقبل صلاة أحدكم إذا أحدث حتى يتوضأ. The salah of a person who does or he is in a ritual state of impurity, hadath, like passing urine, stool, or wind, is not accepted is not accepted, the salah, the prayer is not accepted until he performs or repeat the ablution, until he performs the, meaning repeat, the ablution. So therefore, it is incumbent upon the person to perform the purification in accordance with the way he is commanded to do. If he, for example, passes urine or stool, or wind, or deep sleep, goes into deep sleep, or eats the meat of camels, the camel meat, then in this case his state of purification is mollified, and he must do the ablution. The ablution has obligatory matters to it, obligatory acts. From that is washing the face, and the hands to the <coughs> and to the el- the hands to the elbow, of course the elbow included. Also wiping over the head. And fourth, washing <coughs> the feet all the way up to the ankles, including the ankles meaning. As Allah commanded this in the Quran in Surah Al Ma'idah chapter five, verse six, Allah Ta'ala يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا قمتم إلى الصلاة فاغسلوا وجوهكم وأيديكم إلى المرافق وامسحوا برؤوسكم وأرجلكم إلى الكعبين <coughs> Oh, you believe when you intend to offer a salah wash your faces and your hands forearms up to the elbows rub by passing wet hands over your heads and wash your feet up to ankles. 
and from the from the head from the head meaning the head includes the ears and the face includes washing the mouth and sniffing the water in the nose to clean it so it's a must while performing the ablution to purify these four parts we mentioned there is washing in three of them and there is wiping on one of them you understand washing in three of these parts while wiping on one of them the wiping is on the head clear to you as to the <coughs> as to the uh, as to the removal of impurity by way of istinja in arabic istinja cleaning the private parts cleaning the private parts after the call of nature this is known as istinja <coughs> now if it is done by stones if it is done by stones it's known as istijmar istijmar this this issue is unrelated to the wudu what does it mean this is unrelated to the wudu meaning listen to this carefully some people think that it's a must to make uh, this cleaning of the private parts before the wudu otherwise the wudu is not valid this is wrong because this removal of impurity of the private parts is not is or let us say unrelated to the wudu so if a person <coughs> passes urine or stool then washes the private parts and then goes to work Then the time, for example, of Dhuhr, the Salah for the noon prayer, commences. In this case, he makes the ablution by washing the four parts we mentioned. There is no need for him to make istinja, to wash the private parts. Why? Because the istinja is a removal of impurity, is a removal of impurity. When it is removed, then there is no need to wash another time unless the person performs it following the response to the call of nature another time. You understand? Is this understood? However, this is regarding the minor or the lesser ritual state of purity. A ritual state of, of impurity. However, there is a major one. There is a greater one. In this case, it is related to being in janaba, janaba, sexual state of defilement. In this case, the person must perform ghusl, washing his body, bath, pouring the water over all of his body. 
because Allah stated in this surah we learned earlier, Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 6, chapter 5, rather, verse 6, وَإِن كُنْتُمْ جُنُبًا فَاتَّهَّرُوا But if you are in a state of sexual defilement, purify yourselves, meaning, bath your whole body. Included in the bath is the washing of the mouth and the nose. Remember this, which is known as madmada and istinshaq. Included in this is the washing. And when you pour the water, take the bath, you wash also your mouth and your nose. Because they are part of the face. You understand? They are part of the face. So it's a must to clean them. Also to clean the front, the forehead rather, the cheeks and also the beard for the male. The obligated bath, the obligated bath is that which is sufficient to cover with it the entire body. Whether you begin with your head and pour the water you know, from your head side, or, or from your chest side, or your back, or your lower part of the body, or you dip yourself in a pond, and you come out, you do that with the intention of having a bath, or dip yourself in the sea, with the intention of taking a bath, is that clear? This is sufficient, but remember, yes for the ghusl, but remember to wash the the mouth and the nose, because these are part of the, of the head. Yes, of course. This is the obligated, the wajib. And also that. Now, and also that. But remember when you take it, taking the shower, remember to wash the mouth and the nose. Sniff with respect to the nose and wash let the water go around your mouth. These two things, the mouth and the nose, the mouth washing is called madmada. Let me write it down. Okay, madmada, that's right. The, the nose is, is known as istinshaq. Istinshaq. Anybody who needs to know more on this, let him go to the site. Go to the site. Under wudu, under ablution. There is the link, how to make wudu, for those who need. And it's very important for even the beginners in Islam, it is very incumbent upon them to know how to make the wudu, so that their salah is accepted. So check it out and read it carefully. Now, yes, the istinthar is expelling the water. The madmada is washing the mouth, yes. Astaghfirullah. Now, what about the making wudu while performing the ghusl? The wudu in the ghusl is a sunnah. Is a sunnah. It's not an obligation. So, it's a sunnah to make wudu before 
before doing the ghusl, before taking the bath. But if the person performs the ghusl, then there is no need to make another wudu. You understand? Because this is not affirmed from the Prophet wasallam that he made the wudu after his ghusl. You understand? Now, what about if the person does not find the water? What about if the person does not find the water? Or if he is sick, fearing the use of the water, it can cause him harm. Or if it is too cold and he doesn't have any utility to, uh, to heat uh, the, or to warm the water. In this case, he resorts to the legal the legal purification known as tayammum, dry ablution, dry ablution. Because Allah stated in the same verse, chapter 5, verse 6, وَإِن كُنْتُمْ مَرْضَى أَوْ عَلَى سَفَرٍ أَوْ جَاءَ أَحَدٌ مِّنْكُمْ مِنَ الْغَائِطِ أَوْ لَا مَسْتُمُ النِّسَاءَ فَلَمْ تَجِدُوا مَاءً فَتَيَمَّمُوا صَعِيدًا طَيِّبًا فَمْسَحُوا بِوُجُوهِكُمْ وَأَيْدِيكُمْ مِنْهِ But if you are ill or on a journey or any of you comes from answering the call of nature or you have been in contact with women and you find no water then perform tayammum perform tayammum dry ablution with clean earth and rub there with your faces and hands. So Allah made it clear that during the travel or illness, the person resorts to tayammum, to dry ablution in them, if he doesn't find the water under these situations, or if it is harmful, as in the case of illness. If the person feels um, cold uh, water, for example, because of the cold he cannot use the water, then we have the... uh, the case of the story of Amr ibn al-As Amr ibn al-As, the companion the great companion Amr ibn al-As, may Allah be pleased with him when he was in the battle of that salasil he had a sexual dream so he was in a state of janaba, sexual defilement state so he made tayammum he made tayammum he resorted to dry ablution to purify himself. And he prayed with his companions. He prayed as their imam. He led them in the prayers. So when they returned to the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ said, Ya Amr, O Amr, Sallayta bi ashabika wa anta junub, you led your companions in salah while you were in a state of sexual defilement, he said, yes, O Messenger of Allah. I remembered the saying of Allah in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 29, And don't kill yourselves, nor kill one another, surely Allah is most merciful to you. And I feared, I was afraid, 
If I washed, I would die. So I made tayammum, dry ablution with the clean earth, and I prayed, made the prayer. The Prophet ﷺ approved Amr ibn al-As' action on that, and did not command him to redo the salah. That is because the one who fears the harm is as if he is in the harm itself. However, the condition is that the fear should be overwhelming, meaning real, uh, decisive fear, or most likely it is a state of fear. Having delusion is something else. Delusion is, is nothing. Delusion is nothing. So it must be real and decisively as fear or most likely to be the case. And the person should know that the tahara of tayammum, the purification by way of dry ablution, takes the same effect as the purification by water. And it is not nullified except by that which nullifies the purification by water. Or, if the permit or the excuse which makes it permissible to do the tayammum is removed. It doesn't exist no more. You understand? You understand? So, if anyone makes the ablution or makes the, the dry ablution, the tayammum, because of the non-existence of water, then after that, he finds the water. He finds the water. Then it's incumbent upon him to purify himself with what? With what now? With what? Perform the purification with? Water. With water. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the permit concerning the clean earth, using it in the purification, when there is what? There is no water available or existing around the person, or he couldn't find it, or he couldn't get it, or it is, um, it is too cold, too hot, etc. And in the hadith reported by Abu Hurairah anhu from the Prophet وسلم, and it is in Sunan Abi Dawood and At-Tirmidhi and who said At-Tirmidhi it is Hasanun Sahih, good and authentic and also reported by Imam Ahmad and Al-Sheikh Al-Albani authenticated it in Sahih Al-Jami' he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Al-Sa'id Al-Tayyib Wudu'u Al-Muslim the clean earth is a means of ablution for a Muslim or Tahur Al-Muslim purification of a Muslim, وَإِن لَمْ يَجِدِ الْمَاءِ a purifying thing for the Muslim, وَإِن لَمْ يَجِدِ الْمَاءِ عَشْرَ سِنِينَ if, even if he, for ten years he does not find the water, فَإِذَا وَجَدَ الْمَاءِ فَلْيَمَسَّهُ بَشَرَتَهُ فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ but if he, or when he finds the water, he should make it touch his skin, for that is better. For that is better. And in Sahih al-Bukhari, from the lengthy hadith of Umran or Imran bin Hussein, 
May Allah be pleased with him. And the story of the man who sat aloof, kept away, and did not pray with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So he asked him, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked him, مَا مَنَعَكَ أَن تُصَلِّي مَعَنَا What prevented you from praying with us? قَالَ أَصَابَتْنِي جَنَابَ وَلَا مَا He said, I was in a state of janaba, sexual defilement, and there was no water. So the Prophet ﷺ directed him and said, عَلَيْكَ بِالصَّعِيدِ عَلَيْكَ بِالصَّعِيدِ فَإِنَّهُ يَكْفِيكَ Perform dry ablution with the clean earth, and that is sufficient for you. ثُمَّ This is the point of evidence. ثُمَّ حَضَرَ الْمَاءِ then the water was brought in. فَأَعْطَى النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ هَذَا الرَّجُلَ مَاءً The Prophet ﷺ gave this man water. وَقَالْ أَفْرِغْهُ عَلَى نَفْسِكَ Pour it over your body. Meaning, take a bath with it. So this indicates that when the water is found, then tayammum is is nullified and this is even a matter known with the common people this is a matter even known with the common people they say إذا حضر الماء إذا حضر الماء بطل التيمم when water is present تيمم is nullified you understand this so in case there is no water being present nor there is uh, a removal of the excuse, meaning the excuse is still in effect, then the wudu or the dry ablution uh, stays and takes the form as he takes in effect the ruling as the purification by water. And remember now the following, and it is not nullified, it is not nullified with the expiation of this prescribed period for Salah. It is not nullified if the prescribed period of the Salah ends. So, what does this mean? If a person makes tayammum while traveling, if a person makes tayammum while traveling, and he does not have water, and he makes tayammum for Salat al-Dhuhr, for example, he makes the dry ablution for the Dhuhr prayer, and he continued having no nullification of his, of his purity. He did not pass urine. He did not um, pass tool, uh, nor wind, uh, etc. He stayed on his original state of purity, which he uh, achieved by the dry ablution until Isha. Until Isha until the night prayer, then it is not required from him to redo the tayammum for Isha. You understand? If he stays on the state of purity established by the tayammum, okay, then he prays the Isha as well. You understand? Why? Because the tayammum la yabtulu bi waqt. Tayammum is not um, nullified by the expiation of the prescribed timing 
Why? Because it is taharatun shar'iyyah. Because it is a legal purification. As Allah stated in Surah Al-Ma'idah, verse 6, فَامْسَحُوا بِوُجُوهِكُمْ وَأَيْدِيكُمْ مِنْهِ مَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ لِيَجْعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ حَرَجْ وَلَكِنْ يُرِيدُ لِيُطَهِّرَكُمْ Allah does not want to place you in difficulty, but He wants to purify you and to complete His favor on you, that you may be thankful. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it clear that the purification by tayammum is a state, a real state of purification. And the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the authentic hadith, جُعِلَتْ لِيَ الْأَرْضُ مَسْجِدًا Allah made the earth for me a, a praying a place for salah, a place for offering the salah and a thing to purify, meaning to perform the tayammum. Um, with. So it is purifying the earth. Then he said, uh, then if uh, any of my followers can pray wherever the time of prayer is due, then whatever the time of prayer is due, then he can pray. It means, let him purify himself, and then make the salah. Therefore, anyone of my followers can pray, whenever the time of a prayer is due. So this is from the things that are important in establishing the salah. The preservation of purity. The preservation of purity. And it should be known, that from the preservation of purity is the removal of filth from one's clothes, from one's clothes or body. Are we following? From the preservation of purity is removal of filth from one's clothes or body and also and body and the place used for prayer. And the place used to perform the prayer on. So these three things must be also pure. Body, uh, clothes, and the place of salah. As to the, as to the clothes. We know from the hadith that the Prophet ﷺ, in the authentic hadith, he commanded the woman who pray in their clothes and who have their cycles. If any of the blood of if any blood comes on her clothes, he sallallahu directed the woman to clean it, scratch it by their fingers, then rub it off uh, with the thumb and the and the index, then wash it. As in the hadith reported in Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. And one day, he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he led the companions in salah, and he had shoes with filth on them, he took off his shoes. And the people, when they saw him doing so, they also took off their shoes. When he finished the salah, and after the taslim, after the taslim, he asked them, why did they remove or take off their shoes? They said, we saw you doing that, and so we did. So he said, in Jibreel, 
جبريل جبريل أتاني he came to me فأخبرني أن فيهما قدرا that there is filth on them so this indicates that it's a must to uh, keep off the filth from uh, the or remove the filth from the clothes is this clear concerning this part <coughs> the second part regarding the purity of the place regarding the purity of the place the evidence for this is in the in the story of the Bedouin the Bedouin who came and uh, urinated in a part of the mosque in one side of the mosque of the Prophet but he was a Bedouin and Bedouins overall overall generally are ignorant so the companions held him back and wanted to force him or force him out of the place or to force him off the, uh, the place where he was urinating so they roughed him but the messenger وسلم, by his wisdom forbade them and said leave him leave him so when he finished he, the Prophet وسلم, invited him and said, he summoned him and said, in هذه المساجد, these masajid, places of worship, the mosques, are not fit for these matters of filth, of urine and, and impurities. They are meant to be places for the remembrance of Allah. إِنَّمَا هِيَ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ meant to be for places of worship of Allah the most mighty, the most magnificent والصلاه and to establish the salah in them وقراءت القرآن and to recite the Quran so the Bedouin said in response اللهم اللهم ارحمني ومحمدا ولا ترحم معنا أحدا oh Allah have mercy on me and on Muhammad and on no one else and no one else why? Because the companions roughed him. And the Prophet ﷺ spoke to him kindly. So he thought that the mercy is restricted. Does not encompass the rest. So that's why he made this dua. And it is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ told him, لَقَدْ حَجَّرْتَ وَاسِعًا يَا أَخَ الْعَرَبِ Oh Arab brethren, you have uh, restricted something which is vast. And the Prophet ﷺ commanded, and here is the point of evidence, commanded that a bucket or a tumbler of water be brought and poured on the urine and the place so that the earth is purified. This is concerning the purity of that place and its evidence. Is this clear? As to the purity of the body, it is affirmed in the two Sahih, the Sahihain al-Bukhari and Muslim, from the Hadith of Abdullah bin Abbas radiyallahu anhuma, that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed by two graves, and that he mentioned that they were being tortured, meaning the occupants, and that they were not tortured in something. إنهما لا يعذبان وما يعذبان في كبير 
أما أحدهما فكان لا يستتر من بوله وفي رواية لا يستبرئ من البول وأما الآخر فكان يمشي بالنميمة This is in Sahih Bukhari The hadith of the two who were tortured in their graves because one of them was not never saved himself from being soiled with with uh, with urine and the other used to go about with calumnies making enmity between people between friends now so from this hadith we take the evidence that it's a must to protect oneself and save oneself from the urine Similarly, the same holds with respect to the rest of impurities. But suppose if a person is in the wilderness and (coughs) his garment or his clothes became filthy and he doesn't have anything to to wash it with, so should he perform the dry ablution so as to pray in this thawb which has impurity on it? The answer is no. He should not do the dry ablution. Similarly, if there is filth that befalls his body, his feet or his hand or his shin or his arm while in the wilderness and there is nothing to wash it with, then he does not resort to dry ablution. Because the dry ablution, إِنَّمَا هُوَ فِي طَهَارَةِ الْحَدَثِ فَقَطْ The dry ablution is only limited to the purification from the hadath, from the hadath, from the uh, urine, call of nature, uh, stool, wind, uh, sexual defilement. However, with respect to the najasa, to the filth, then the person does not make dry ablution for it. Why? Because the najasa, the filth is a, is an impure essence. Is an impure essence. Its purification is by removing it if it is possible. If it is possible to remove it. Otherwise if it is not possible to remove it remains until one is able to remove it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most high knows best. This brings the end concerning the discussion on this matter, and uh, inshallah ta'ala we will continue uh, next week, the rest of the matters of this uh, great hadith.